buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Take my rifle, this is my gun. This is for fighting, this is for fun. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature Right here on the Michael Duke Show, which, of course, is broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world on the Internet at MichaelDukeShow.com. Good morning, my friends. How are you? Are you ready to uh, uh, are you ready for my therapy session? <laughs> it's 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 right. It is the therapy session uh, every week where I get a chance to talk about one of the issues that I truly, truly believe in, and uh, that is, of course, the right to keep and bear arms. The one right, as old Chuck Heston just said in the opening of the show, the one right that allows other rights to exist. Um, that really is, in order of importance, the, the Second Amendment is the First Amendment. Because without the right to keep and bear arms, you wouldn't have a right to free speech and uh, to, you know, to, to protect yourself against government intrusion, to choose your own religion, to be able to, again, curtail that government overreach that we've talked about for many, many years. That's what Firearms Friday is all about. It's about educating folks and counteracting a lot of the ridiculous narrative that we continue to hear uh, in, uh, you know, in the news, mainstream news media, uh, from the talking heads, from politicians themselves and everything else. That's what Firearms Friday is about. And uh, I welcome you to the program this morning. Now, uh, coming up on the program today, I don't have any guests, so um, it is um, it is a chance for you and I to uh, to hang out and just and to chit chat all morning long. So we're going to go ahead and uh, open up the phone lines, and we're going to talk uh, with you about issues related to guns and firearms, and we're going to see what you have to say. This morning, uh, it's what we like to call gun Q and A, uh, which uh, you know, and then of course the thrust of gun Q and A is that <clears throat> there is no such thing as a dumb gun question. Uh, if the whole point here is to try and demystify the firearm, then uh, you know we have to be able to 
answer questions about it and talk about it and do all that kind of stuff. And and even if uh, we've, you know, even if the question's been answered before. Now, Firearms Friday is not, um, I mean, you would, you know, the, the average person would think listening to this program for any length of time, being that it is a kind of free-spirited, conservative, libertarian, smaller government kind of program, you'd immediately think that this program today is, um, you know, dedicated and, and you know, produced with an eye towards the pro-gun crowd out there in the world. But that's that's really not the case. Firearms Friday is really, um, <clears throat> my intent with it is to dedicate it to um, the people who are not pro-gun. Dedicated now, not necessarily anti-gun either. We're not looking for, you know, we're not looking to to try and convert any people who are just absolutely convinced that firearms are the greatest evil ever to face the world. I mean, that's not that's not the crowd we're looking for. What we're looking for is people who are kind of ambivalent. You know, they're kind of, eh, you know, they could take guns or they could leave guns, and really, they don't feel like they have any dog in the fight. Um, but my mission is to try and convince those people how important firearms are to the freedom of the nation. That's really what it's all about. That whether they exercise the right to keep and bear arms or not, and I'm not saying that everybody has to, I'm saying that everybody should have the opportunity if they so choose. And to make them, um, and and to make them understand how important it is, and how important the Second Amendment has been in keeping America free. Um, I have often said it that the Second Amendment is is a check on power. Um, you know, when we were talking about it being the First Amendment, it holds government, and uh, especially government, which by its very nature wants to expand and, um, you know, wants to expand, wants to control. I mean, that's just, I, you know, a lot of times people ascribe kind of anthropomorphic feelings towards government. Like it's a person, like it, it wants to, it's just the nature of government to grow, to justify its own existence. And to do that, of course, it wants to expand its power base. It wants to, uh, show that it's doing something and to do that, it has to have, you know, usually things and purviews outside of its real original mission. And by going after, you know, things like guns and freedoms and liberties and stuff like that, it it is in a way a sick way of kind of justifying, you know, its own condition. Now, again, that doesn't make it evil, doesn't necessarily make the people who are inside it evil. Uh, I'm not saying that that is also precluded. It could be that people inside government are just like there could be good or evil people in any other walk of life. But government in and of itself just has a nature and a tendency to grow. And the existence of the firearm, the existence of the Second Amendment and the right and the people, the right and duty of the people to keep and bear arms is one of those ways that it holds government at bay. Um through infringements of liberties and freedoms and things like that. So I kind of want to talk about that this morning. And uh, I want you, you know, I want to see if if maybe you agree or disagree with me on that. 
Um, I would make the argument right now, <clears throat> contrary to some of the different freedom indexes that are around the world, but I would say that uh, contrary to those, that America is still the freest place on the face of the earth and that I would give that um, that award or that uh, that status to America, I would say strictly because we of a citizenry have had the right to keep and bear arms in one form or another since the inception of the country and why it's important to not only keep it there, but even to roll back some of the restrictions that we have uh, on guns right now to make sure that we stay free. All right. So um, that's what we want to do today. And we'll open up the phone lines. I do have some headlines that we can uh, dive into as well if this if the phones are slow and nobody wants to chat this morning. Uh, but I really enjoy the discussions on Firearms Friday. And so I thought that, um, you know, we just kick things off with it. Now, coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Zach uh, Weissmuller from Reason Magazine. He has just done an, a, an amazing Peace for Reason. It's a video. He's a video reporter, video, uh, co- you know, creator, commentator for Reason. And he just did a piece for Reason Magazine talking about the connection between mass shootings and the media's coverage of mass shootings. And it's a very, very good piece. Um, I suggest you go out onto Reason.com and find it. I'll see if I can drag it up this morning and drop, the, drop it in the chat room. He's going to be with us next week to talk about it, though. So. All right, enough blather, enough jibba-jabba. We're going to jump over to the phone lines this morning after I do remind you that, of course, the program is brought to you this morning by your friends over there at Satellite West. Uh, you can find them at SatelliteWest.com, this hour being sponsored by them. They are the experts when it comes to communication in the state of Alaska, especially remote communications. Satellite West is the place to go. Uh, again, whether you need to talk on the telephone or send an email, or access the internet, or send a text message via remote location, Satellite West has the technology to make that happen utilizing things like the Iridium Satellite Network. And so no matter where you go, no matter where you are, if you need to stay connected, if you need to be talking to people or surfing the internet or doing whatever you need to do, Satellite West is the place to go. Again, you can find them at SatelliteWest.com. Let's go over to the phones and start off with our phone calls this morning to see what you have to say at 907-433-3150. That's 433-3150. We start off over here this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Brady from Las Vegas. Morning, Brady. What's on your mind this morning? I think it's very important that we all get our guns. We have an open... uh, border that had 10 million people come through last year. We gave $80 billion to the Taliban worth of weapons. And do you remember Fast and Furious where uh, Eric Holder gave all the weapons to the Mexican and then blamed the United States citizen? Right. Oh, We're yeah. in a big form of that situation right now, almost a red dawn. We have a few weeks to prepare because Vlad's given the warning to our, our dumb President Biden that he's going to get nuked off the planet. But unfortunately, that includes the citizens like us. The Democrats have no idea what they're doing, and there's nobody standing up to these idiots, NATO, and we should be getting rid of NATO and every Democrat that has ever lived. 
Well, I, I think that might be a little bit uh, excessive, Brady. Uh, but I do think that, again, having firearms and having the right to keep and bear arms has obviously kept us, a, you know, a better nation than mm. anything else. I mean, uh, and we've uh, we've helped other countries export that kind of stuff to their own uh, to their own nations. We need to be able well. to protect ourselves from. Uh, you know, overarching governments, both governments that are our own, domestic and foreign as well. Why are we giving arms to the Ukraine? You tell me one good reason that you're giving arms to the Ukraine. Please let me know it. One good reason? I mean, they're a country that was attacked yes. by a foreign entity outside. And- oh, they were attacked. Really? Come on. Okay. Attacked? So- or was he denazifying that place? Okay. Well, denazifying. Uh, Brady, you and I aren't going to agree on this. Uh, I Yes, they attacked Ukraine. I, I don't think anybody would. Now, whether they were attacking to take over or attacking to denazify, as you say, they were attacking Ukraine. That's the bottom line. And citizens, as you just pointed out when you were talking about, you know, nuking, uh, that that Putin has threatened to nuke the United States and the leadership, that the citizens get hurt as well, uh, whether he was, you know, attacking to attack or attacking to denazify, the citizens should have the ability to defend themselves. So I'm glad we sent him weapons. I'm glad that that happened. Um, I don't think that, uh, and I think Putin's uh, war is... Uh, is uh, showing that it was not the smart move that he thought it was in the long run. Um, but uh, anyway, that actually leads us into our story. Thank you, Brady. That actually leads us into our uh, next story, <clears throat> which we're going to talk about here on the other side, which uh, which highlights the fact that the U.S. support for Ukraine actually contradicts America's own domestic policy. They're treating them as two separate things, which many people find very interesting, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment uh so don't go anywhere the michael duke show continues phone lines are open if you've uh would like to sound off we'd love to hear what you have to say 907-433-3150 feel free to come on in and comment or call you can also join us in the chat rooms chat rooms are available uh over on facebook on youtube and, of course, on Twitch, as well as the audio-only live stream, which is available on my website at michaeldukeshow.com. All right. Back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Well, uh, I just sometimes I don't know about Brady. You know, I could agree with about what half the guy says and the other half, uh, you know, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Uh, all right. Well, I just, uh, I shake my head, shake, shake my head. 
Um, let me see what else you guys have been saying this morning. Rick says, oh, my God, just hit the button. And I did. <clears throat> I did. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's always the, if, uh, you know, if, if uh, it, it, it's, it's always the fact that, that the, the citizenry are the ones that pay for war. The, the elite, the, uh, the, those in power, they very rarely ever pay the price for war. It's almost always the citizenry. And I, for one, <clears throat> I, for one, um, fully believe that, uh, you know, and support the idea that we were arming the Ukrainian citizens, uh, giving them opportunities, uh, the government and the citizenry, um, to give them the opportunity to fight back. Yeah. Um, I heard a Mary Peltola commercial. She says she, she says she believes in the Second Amendment for hunting. She needs to clarify that. I would not disagree with that. I would not disagree with that at all. Bill says, does anyone know why Switzerland is never in a war? Because they keep to themselves and they mind their own friggin' business. This is true. It's been a long time since Switzerland's been in a war. Uh, and they have an armed citizenry, which uh, although – uh, not uh, like private arms, but uh, every person, every able-bodied citizen, um, uh, every every uh, able-bodied citizen in the country um, serves a term of service in the military. It's compulsory service. And then when they're done, they are issued. I think it's still this way. It's been this way for years, and um, I haven't seen anything otherwise recently. But they are then all issued um, a military uh, their military firearm, their military uh, rifle, which is then you know sealed, put in a put in a crate or a box in their house, and if they ever get a chance to get called up, then they pull out their rifle, and now you've got a whole nation of armed people who have had training and have rifles to be able to fight it. So yeah, you don't see you don't see anybody looking to invade Switzerland. And you don't see them jumping into other things uh, because that's that's how they rule. You know, we've been the world's policemen for, you know, God knows how long. So we're always going to be looked to until somebody decides to change the foreign policy to more of a non-interventionalist thing. But that's what it is. And, yeah, by the way, Russians are leaving Russia en masse right now. There was a. It cost as much as uh, ten thousand U.S. dollars right now to try and get a ticket out of Russia after Putin announced that he was going to start. Um, um, he was going to start uh, conscripting uh, conscript, conscripting citizens uh, to uh, to join the war to make up for their losses. So yeah, <clears throat> I would say that that war is probably not working out for them quite the way that they uh, quite the way that they expected. But again, it plays into why we as Americans should be, you know, grateful to our founders for enshrining the Second Amendment and that we should be continually fighting to protect, defend and to uh, and to bring us back into the uh, uh, bring us back into the, uh, uh, you know, the ideal and to, you know, remove some of the restrictions that we have, some of the infringements that we have on the Second Amendment. Uh, right now. So, yeah, I'm all about that. 
All right. Well, I've got this story uh, about Ukraine. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Uh, But we also have uh, some phone calls that are coming in right now. And so we'll talk to them as well. We'll take some phone calls there. You can you can like and share this show. You can like and follow on the show page. You can subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. You can follow on Twitch. You can do all of those things and more right here. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Let's go. All right, welcome back to the program. Wow, sorry, didn't mean to blast you out there. The Michael Duke Show, we continue. Uh, We've got some more phone calls. I still want to talk a little bit about this uh, story about... um, The story surrounds the U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland. He got together with Ukrainian Prosecutor General Andrew Kostin and met in uh, Washington, D.C., to sign a memorandum of understanding in an effort to hold accountable individuals responsible for war crimes and other atrocities. Now, this really isn't much of a news story, except for the fact that it looks like it's a lot of virtue signaling. And I want to talk about that, and then I want to talk about it in comparison to what's going on here in the United States with our own gun laws. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But first, let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say. We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, Ron in North Pole. What's up, my friend? Well, I was just uh, maybe looking for your opinion. Uh, you're familiar with this letter that has been sent by a number of uh, attorneys general in the country to the credit card companies about this uh new classification of ammunition and firearms purchases. Do you believe that that has any more weight than uh, simply posturing to their various constituencies? You know, I don't know. It might. Uh, What what you're referring to, for those of you who don't know what happened, there's um, there's been a bunch of letters that attorney generals from around the country, including Alaska, Alaska has now signed on to this uh, as well. Uh, a series of letters that have been sent from attorney generals around the states to credit card companies because credit card companies have been pressured by different government institutions to create a new code for any transaction that takes place at a fire at a location that sells firearms. Now, ostensibly, that is supposed to be for you know, early tracking to be able to highlight maybe somebody who goes in and buys a bunch of weapons and to give them some kind of uh, pre-warning that, uh, you know, that that something bad is going to happen. Of course, there's a lot of problems with that. First of all, the credit card companies have said they may do it, but they don't know what kind of good it's going to be able to do. Uh, But many people, including myself and others, feel that it does have the also the possibility of being a de facto gun registry. 
uh, that if you categorize codes and buy purchases and you pull that information out, and especially in, in country in uh, uh, cities and, and counties and states that don't require any kind of registration, all they'd have to do is pull the credit card records, buy those codes, and they could say, well, these people obviously buy guns. Now, it, you can't prove whether you bought earmuffs or ammunition or guns. It's all coming from the same code and the same source, so it makes it difficult. Now, the question that Ron just asked is, do I think that it's going to make any difference or is it just posturing? I don't know. Um, I think that some of them are legitimate. I think some of them may be just jumping on the bandwagon for the uh, for the street cred. Um, I do know uh, that one of the stories that I was going to cover today is that some are going even farther than that. The uh, chief financial officer for the state of Florida, Jimmy uh, Petronas, he issued a warning to Visa, MasterCard, American Express, and told them in no uncertain terms that if the companies end up establishing some sort of corporate watch list of gun owners, that his office is ready to pursue actions, including the Florida legislature coming on board and um, and actually filing, you know, some new bills that would that could tremendously hurt some of those folks. So. Uh, Ron, some of it, maybe. I mean, I, I I don't know. That's kind of a wishy-washy answer for you that, you know, that probably some of them are doing well, it just for the grins and the political kicks. But I think some people are seriously concerned and are doing the right thing. Okay, well, I, I, I guess your answer says that we're uh, in substantial agreement. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, what, what, give me your thoughts on this. I mean, I mean, you know, you, you've been a part of the gun community for a long time and, you know, you've you've been in government service and everything. Tell me, you know, what are as you look at this, what are your thoughts on on this attempt? Because this is the attempt. We saw this on social media, right? And in free speech, government couldn't curb free speech, so instead they put pressure on social media companies and other corporate entities for them to limit the free speech. And so we see that this corporate cronyism, this corporate government, quasi-government, uh, you know, corporate partnership uh, allows government to exercise a lot more authority beyond the Constitution. I mean, tell me what you're thinking as you look at these things coming down. Well, I, I think that it probably goes to uh, the individual uh, AGs. Uh, depends on uh, where they're from and how they're put into office. Uh, obviously, if you have an appointee, that's a good deal different than when you have uh, an attorney general that's elected. Right. And so I think that uh, we can draw some conclusions from that by looking at each individual uh, uh, chief uh, legal officer from state to state. Right, right. I would agree with that. What are your thoughts overall on this push to – to do things like create separate codes. You know, how about Operation Checkpoint, which was under the Obama administration where they were strangling and credit card companies were dropping gun dealers as clients because of the pressure from the federal government. I mean, what do you what are your thoughts as you look at that from the outside as a <clears throat> as a citizen and as a gun owner watching the federal government try and well, manipulate think, the behind the scenes? I think there are two things. They're uh, obviously uh, trying to interdict the supply chain. And secondly, that the, this amounts to, in my opinion, the primary issue is uh, it's de facto registration. It's a whole lot easier to get into confiscation if you know where to look. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. And again, now these codes don't go into specifics. You could just be you could be going to a sporting goods store that sells archery equipment, but because the code is set to the store 
you could then get, you know, ATF showing up later asking about which guns did you buy when maybe all you bought was camping supplies and archery equipment. Or maybe you just bought ammunition or maybe you well, just I, bought hearing protection. I mean, who knows? But that's part of the problem. Well, and I, th- I think I think uh, one of the major uh, illustrations of this is that uh, suppose uh, you go in and buy a storage unit, i.e. a gun safe, which is a relatively pricey item. And since it doesn't distinguish between a gun safe and uh, some sort of uh, mid to high end firearm, it's going to show up the same. Right. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm really concerned because we've seen this push before. Remember, Ron, I think you and I actually talked about this. Remember back in the day when Hillary Clinton was a senator and she was pushing for OSHA to update all the regulations regarding the manufacturer of ammunition, uh, that they were trying to push tighter and tighter OSHA regs that essentially meant that if you manufactured a case of ammunition that amount, you would then have to move it you know, so far away from the manufacturing process and everything else. It was basically they were attempting to go after the supply chain of ammunition, realizing that any gun without ammunition is a glorified club. And that was just another way. And the lead, remember, they were going after the lead manufacturing and the, you know, oh, yes. all that yes. kind of stuff. I mean, th- this has been the government's ploy for a long time. If they can't go after the guns, they'll go after the supply chain that feeds the guns, so to speak, or the the process or anything else that they can do to interrupt it. That's government's nature. Very, very accurate. Very accurate. Okay. Well, I will cut you loose then. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and, uh, make sure that I'm kind of moving in a direction that's uh, realistic. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Ron, uh, for your call. Uh, All pre- right, bye-bye. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, that leaves the line open, 433 433-3150. Uh, J- uh Jim is in the chat room. He says the credit card code will start out vague, and it will eventually become specific to guns and ammo, meaning, as I was saying, that they start, you know, if you're a gun dealer, then you get this code attached to your to your merchant number. You know, if you're and so they start coding any purchases with that. And it may start out with anything that you sell, hunting equipment, blah, 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 because it's very right now it's a very broad code. But, yeah, I could see the argument down the road, Jim. That uh, they would say that they would start out that way and then eventually they would just tighten it down to guns and ammo. Maybe you had to type in a certain code when you swipe somebody's credit card as to whether or not they're doing. But again, it's none of their business. This is reason number 365, by the way, that if you're going to buy guns, feel free and feel more comfortable in buying guns with cash than anything else. That's 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 it right there. Um, it just makes it a whole, uh, a whole, whole lot of difference right there. If you just bring it on with cash, uh, Chris says the ATF already knows what we buy. Uh, maybe possibly. I mean, if you're buying it from a gun store, then yes. If you're buying it from an FFL, then yes. But if you're purchasing it from a private seller, uh, you know, uh, from somebody across the counter, you know, or not over the counter from a, from an actual federal federally licensed gun dealer, then no, they have no idea what's going on. Um, but there you go. All right. Let's, uh, <clears throat> I guess let's go back to the phones. I, I don't want to, I've only got about uh, three or four minutes here left of this segment. And so I don't want to dive into this issue that I was just talking about on Ukraine. So let's, uh, let's take a couple, uh, a couple more phone calls before we go and we'll see what you guys have to say. Again, the number to call is 907 907- 
407-433-3150. And we would love to hear your call. You can also drop me an email if you want to. I suppose I should launch the email this morning. The email address is me at michaeldukeshow.com. M-E at michaeldukeshow.com. All right, let's go over here and take one call before we go to break and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, I'm Mike. It's Fred in Rhode Island. How you been? Hey, Fred. What's on your mind this morning, sir? Well, a couple of things. You know, you first of all, you know, Brady's call earlier from uh, Las Vegas. His heart's in the right place, but his sights are off target, I think. You know, he's just there and he's throwing, you know, he wants to throw all the Democrats under the bus. Right. It's not all Democrats. I mean, you got a lot of you got a lot of moderate Democrats out there that are gun and they stand up and, and you know to defend and support the Second Amendment. Right. Not you know, and you got a lot of progressives out there that just want to throw the whole country, including the Second Amendment, under the bus. And uh, you know that that's you know, I, he, his heart's in the right place, but he's definitely overreaching into you know certain areas. He's got to kind of narrow it, narrow it down to where the real problem is. And well, the real problem yeah. is not the entire Democratic Party. Well, that's the, the problem. That want to yeah, destroy that... the United States. Fred, and that's Fred, that's the pro- that's the problem with the fringes, Fred. You know, you got those like you said. It's not every Democrat. You got you do have the the, the slice of the of the Democrats in the progressive camp that you know you're right would rather throw America under the bus. You know, wholeheartedly they they they'd like to rewrite the Second Amendment. They'd like to do all those things and make the changes to see their utopia come out. But more and more lately in the last few years, I'm seeing people on the right doing the same thing. You know, where they want to abandon the rule of law, where they want to abandon principles of the Constitution to get you know their guy or gal or their idea in there that where the the government it's okay with the government ruling the people as long as it's the rules that they want to enforce that's the problem with the fringes on both sides on both the left and the right well you're right yeah you're right you know it, it, it's on both sides it's on both sides of the aisle but you know that the point I want to bring out and I brought this up before is you know the whole thing it's from outside influence I think we're being manipulated by outside influence that are trying to get into, you know, the, the mechanisms of this country that make this country what it is and try to, you know, either change it all around or just tear, tear it all down and build it back up into some kind of Marxist crap, Marxist nonsense, communist crap. And it just doesn't work. You know, we, we, you know the Soviet Union failed for a reason because it was just a bad idea that got totally corrupted. I mean, and this is exactly what happens if in a socialist, uh, socialist environment. Whenever you do that, you're always going to have cronies get in there they're gonna sit there and you know get into the get into the driver's seat and try to drive it the way they want to do, and they're gonna elevate themselves above everybody else. They're gonna wind up in this class this class society is what right. they're gonna wind up. Right. And it's it, 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 it inevitably doomed to fail from you know from from the from the, from the foundation up, and that's why it doesn't work. That's why that's why you have a major problem with it. It just gives too much too much power to too few people too many times and too right. often. And it, it just falls apart. You know. Well, we've seen the same so, thing again. Too much weight at the top. Yeah. No well, foundation underneath to hold it up. One rule for thee and another for me. You know, we I've made arguments that exactly. you know, Congress and the elites, I mean, they are the nouveau riche nobility. I mean, they are the noble nobility class, and we're just the peasants who need to do what they say. I mean, this is a, this is the microcosm of government well, right now. Well, yeah, and the, the other thing is, too, like I said, it's coming from outside influences, from outside, you know, like say the 
whether it be uh, Charles Schwab over there in uh, Europe or, you know, the, you know, the EU, which is falling apart in its own way. So I think they're just grasping at straws or anything they can just hang on to and uh, to, to, to survive because they're crumbling. They, <laughs> they can't agree. They can't agree on the time of day. Never mind anything else. But you know that's that's. It. But yeah, I think they're just grasping at straws right now because they're so desperate to try to survive. And I think that's a big problem because the influence comes over here and it just causes all kinds of problems and mayhem over here. Right. And the government, the government goes. The government individuals, not the government, but the individuals in the government, have been influenced by people like Soros, yeah. Bloomberg, Gates. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. People right. with more money than brains, if they have any brains at all at this point in time. I think, well, I think they corrupted themselves to the I point think, where they I think, to society. Come on, Fred. I think most of them, you got to give them more credit. I think most of them have brains. They just have a different worldview than we do, and they have the money now to try and infect and impact and implement that worldview. And that's what we're fighting against. They're not well, dumb I'm, individuals, but, yeah, I, I get you. The founding fathers would agree that the rights were never for sale. It never should be for sale right. to anybody for yeah. any reason. No, I agree with that you 100%. Know? And like I, said, I, like, I, like I also said before, when someone tries to stamp on my rights, whatever they believe and what they believe their rights are, that's fine for them. In their household, God bless them. They can do whatever they want and support them in doing it. However, when they try to garbage in my yard, we're going to dance. Boy, are we going to dance, you know, and it, it, yeah. we, you can't let them get away with it. I'm with you. All right. Well, Fred, thanks for calling in from Rhode Island today. I hope you're enjoying yourself out there on the East Coast, and we appreciate you participating in the program today. Thanks. Thanks very much. Okay. Have a good day now. All right. Take care, Mike. Folks, we're out of time for this segment. we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show continues. Next hour is Willie Waffle and more. We'll be back right after this. Is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Radio. Okay. Oh, in the break. Brian makes an interesting point. It can also swing the other way. The credit card companies can lock you out of certain businesses. And that's what's really kind of. If you think about it, I mean, what if we have some other kind of pandemic kind of thing, right? Some kind of COVID thing where, uh, you know, oh, we got to have a lockdown now. And now they just certain the government mandates that credit card companies don't process certain transactions during the state of emergency, right? You know, the, the state of emergency. That is problematic as well. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think the, I think the whole thing is, is just a boondoggle. It is a backdoor registry. It's not going to really fix any of the issues or the problems. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I will get it. We'll get into this story here, um, about the uh, Florida CFO who gets up there and is talking about this. Cause I think he, I think he nails a lot of the issues with it and especially, <clears throat> Uh, amongst the fact that that uh, again, this is exactly what part of the pro- even the even the credit card companies are saying that it's unclear what exactly they're supposed to report after the new codes take effect. I mean, if a mass shooter goes in and buys, you know, three rifles and a thousand rounds of ammunition, 
Does that look any different from somebody who's really interested in the sport, in this, in being part of the gun culture, and wants to go shooting, and buys three rifles and a thousand rounds of ammunition? What's the difference? I mean, how can you tell from the outside what it? You can't. So then, do you report any purchase of? And they can't even break it out like that. That's the thing. They can't even break it out like by the purchase. They can look at the dollar amount and they can look at the code. So now is it anybody who spends $1,000 or $2,000 or is there a threshold? Nobody knows. But ostensibly, this whole thing is to make it safer, to prevent gun violence, to do – I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's nutty. It's nutty right now. Let's just put it that way. Uh, all right. Uh, let me go back over here. Uh, I see that we've got uh, some phone call. Oh, no, I guess. I don't know if they hung up or not. Uh, the phone, Phones are taking a minute for everybody to show up in my, uh, uh, in my dashboard here. So I think we have a phone call, but I can't see it quite yet. I get the notification and then. I don't know what's going on. Let me go back to the comment section here to see what you guys have to say as well. Um, <clears throat> cell phone tracking at the gun store, automobile GPS tracking. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, yeah, look, that's the thing. You know that if you go to a, you know that if you go to a um, gun store to buy a gun, you can pretty sure that. Any government agency that really is wants to could find out that you bought a gun there. That's it. You know, that's exactly what it's about. I mean, that's that's exactly what it's about. Bastiat wrote in the law about going too far either way. It's the nature of men to rise against the injustice of which they are victims when therefore plunder is organized for the law by the law for the profit of those who perpetrated all of the plundered classes tend either by peaceful or revolutionary means to enter into some way into the manufacturing of laws. These classes, according to the degree of enlightenment at which they arrive, may propose to themselves two very different ends. And it, Bastiat was a genius. There's just no two ways. That, there's just no two ways about it. Bastiat was a genius. Donna just posted something. For some, I can't. Uh, I can't click on the links uh, when I'm in this piece of software. That's the only downside is that I can't. <clears throat> I can't see the. Uh, I can't follow the link, so I don't know exactly what Donna posted there. I guess I could launch. Uh, I guess I could launch a Facebook window. Now I've got two different videos of me running back to myself at the same time. Uh, let me see if I can follow that link that Donna was going to. Uh, that Donna Anthony posted up in the chat room. She's always got some interesting things to say. Um, it's taking its sweet time trying to load though, so it's uh, there. Um, so the issue not thought about with the credit card code when they say we'll use cash, what happens when we go to digital currency? Uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. No, Facebook doesn't want to load the comments. I can't see the comments on Facebook. So sorry about that. That's that's how it rolls. So I don't know what Donna posted there. The outdoor wire, there's some kind of issue there. You have to explain what that is, Donna, because I can't see it. So if you want to put an explanation as to what that link is. It's a good. Yeah, I know. It's frightening. Two video feeds. I mean, I already see two from the broadcast and one from here. I've already got my face everywhere. One more. Do I really need that? My God, I've got to sleep at night. That's a horrible, horrible thought. Um, All right. If you haven't liked the show 
or follow the show page on Facebook or subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Why not? That's my question. Why not? Go out there and do it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Okay. One final segment for this hour, and the phone lines are open. I had people call in and drop off during the break. I thought we were going to have some calls, but they didn't stick around during the commercial break, apparently. But feel free to give us a ring if you would like. Phone number to call, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you this morning. On Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues related to the Second Amendment, gun rights, firearms in general. Uh, And again, gun Q&A all day. No such thing as a dumb gun question. Uh, So I've been teasing this thing about um, uh, I've been teasing this thing about uh, Ukraine. Let's get into it. Um, The whole issue with Ukraine, obviously is uh is is a problem i mean there's been all kinds of uh, reports of atrocities um uh, during this uh, conflict between ukraine and russia and now our own attorney general merrick garland has signed a memorandum of understanding with the ukraine uh, with the ukrainian prosecutor to try and hold individuals accountable and responsible for war crimes and other atrocities in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. According to uh, the justice.gov, this was from a press release at the Department of Justice, the leaders outlined areas for enhanced collaboration and signed a memorandum of understanding that will facilitate appropriate cooperation, coordination, and deconfliction between each country's respective investigators and prosecutors. The United States stands by the people of Ukraine in their tireless, tireless pursuit to uphold the rule of law and to seek justice for the victims in the face of Russia's continued aggression, said Garland. Today, the Department of Justice and Prosecutors General's Office announced our decision to work more closely together to identify, apprehend, and prosecute individuals involved in war crimes. Now, this is basically not anything more than window dressing of essentially saying, I stand with Ukraine, right? It's like putting the picture frame around your profile on Facebook. Uh, it's kind of just like virtue signaling. Um, it, it, the MOU um, is at least, though, is a pledge to go after the worst of the worst, kind of Nuremberg-style trial uh, areas. Um In an earlier press release, Garland uh, commends the people of Ukraine for their determination to defend their country. He commended the efforts of the Ukrainian people to defend democracy and uphold the rule of law and announced additional U.S. actions to help Ukraine identify, apprehend, and prosecute individuals in war crimes. Now, there's some serious irony, of course, in all of this. When he said defend and uphold the rule of law, it shouldn't be a leap to assume 
that Garland is talking about how the citizens of Ukraine took up arms to physically defend their home. I mean, that's right, because that's defend and uphold the rule of law by getting AKs and going out there and fighting the invaders in their country. Um, And what I find interesting is that Garland is out there grandstanding and showing his support for the virtue signaling of I stand you with Ukraine, which is important. But in the meanwhile, he he's what is his what is his stance on upholding the rule of law and defending and upholding the rule of law in the Constitution here in the United States? I mean, the disarmament policies of the of the left and specifically of the Biden Harris administration, which includes the Department of Justice, um, seem to be exactly what's needed to create a population that uh, is ready and ripe for invasion, ready to be rolled over by tanks. If, uh, I mean, if Garland is, you know, really genuine, they would, they would kind of do some self-reflection and say, you know, we don't want this happening here. So perhaps it's best to arm and train our own people. But no, that's not something that they would ever do, but it's okay for Ukraine. It's okay for other countries. We can send billions of dollars over there. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just saying that there's some irony there. That they're all about arming them and doing all this other kind of stuff. But at the same time, what's going on here in the United States? From the one side of his mouth, he, you know, commends and praises the Ukrainian people for defending their nation with guns. And out of the other side of his mouth calls for disassembling our own constitutional rights. So you got to, you know, this is that politics is strange thing uh, all over again, writ large, for sure. Um, All right, let's uh, move on here. we got some phone calls in. We'll uh, do some calls, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this credit card issue uh, and the uh, CFO of Florida and what he's saying about that. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? It's Murph calling from the Denali Borough area. Good morning, Murph. What's on your mind? Um, I haven't heard anything from Mary Pelotola on uh, how she feels about the Second Amendment. And I don't know if anybody, if that's been mentioned on your show, if I've missed it or what, but I'm wondering what her stand is on our Second Amendment rights because somebody told me that uh, she would take away our guns, and I'm wondering about that. Uh, somebody, and I wonder if you've heard anything. Yeah, no. Uh, somebody in the chat room said earlier that she that they just heard a Mary Peltola ad where she believed in the Second Amendment for hunting, but that we definitely needed to get some clarification from her on uh, where she stands. Um, you know where she stands overall on guns. Let me run over to her website while I have you on the phone, Murph, real quick, and see if I can. Uh, if she's got an issues page where she talks about that, because you're right. I mean, that's an important yeah, thing. Yeah, see what she says. Yeah, it's an important yeah, thing. about personal protection. Oh, personal protection, uh, you know, for hunting, for personal that's protection like and everything know. else. Um, let's see, infrastructure. Yeah, well, hunting and or personal protection. Oh, everything. I mean, it's, it's you know, look, the, the Second Amendment mentions yeah. nothing about hunting, right? It mentions nothing yeah. about hunting. So, yeah, I want to find out what um, I want to find out what she uh, what she has to say. Um, here's what um, uh, here's what Mary Peltola said back in 
June uh, about assault weapons. Uh, Mary Peltola, I'm scrolling through the thing looking for her comment here. Hold on a second. I support the creation of a bipartisan congressional committee tasked with bringing common sense gun legislation to Congress to help prevent tragedies in our community, preserves the subsistence lifestyle that many people depend on, and and respects our Second Amendment rights. So I don't know what... That means that was pretty much a word salad right there, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so she kind of sounds to me like uh, she's going to uh, maybe go after assault weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, it sounds like she's passing the buck off to some committee that's going to bring common sense gun lo- yeah. legislation to the thing. Uh, it sounds like she's uh, not a fan of the Second Amendment. Uh, so I think that pretty much sums it up yeah. there for us, uh, Murph, on that. I appreciate you calling in. I'm sorry I got to go here. I'm up against the break. The Michael Duke Show continues. We'll take more calls from you in hour two, and we will continue our discussions on the Second Amendment on this Firearms Friday. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. This is uh, uh, this is a this is an interesting article that I just pulled up looking for the answer for Mary Peltola. This is put out by Alaska Public Media back in June. This is before the uh, this was before the primary, and so there's you know 48 candidates uh, that tried to respond to this, and I'm looking through some of these. Um, and there's some interesting comments in here. Interesting comments uh, uh, here for sure. My favorite one so far that I've just scanned through was Nick Beck. Or excuse me, Tim Beck, um, who is um, – Tim Beck is a former borough assemblyman in Fairbanks. And uh, he he's, he's running as an undeclared, which is ironic because – He's a Democrat to his bones, but he was running as an undeclared. He And when asked the question of would they support a ban on the manufacture and importation of semi-automatic assault weapons as defined in the Federal Assault Weapons Ban of 2004, Tim says, I see no reason to not reimpose the ban as it was in 2004. There were no restrictions on hunters. If you can't hit where you're shooting at with one shot, you need more practice with your weapon of choice or stalking your prey to put yourself in range. I mean, there's so much to unpack in that one single thing. I don't even know what to say. I'm glad he dropped out early. Let's just put it that way. I'm glad he dropped out early. Chris By says tragedies like Uvalde are due to the lack of not are not due to lack of regulations or laws. They are incidents of the heart. No new rule or regulations will prevent this from happening. Prevention will only occur when we collectively care for one another and address bullying. That's true. Um. Santa Claus, who didn't really get anywhere, but said yes, if they amend it to remove numerous exemptions, including weapons with or without modification, rage the age to 21, restrict use to active military force and on duty to. Wow. I mean, he really wants he wants it all. 
He wants everything. Um, Sarah Palin said, no, the term assault weapon doesn't even have a universally agreed upon definition. And politicians have proven time and again that they are more than willing to abuse ambiguity like that to infringe on our freedoms. <clears throat> and uh, where was Nick Baggage's? I just saw Nick Baggage's. His was pretty His was pretty short and concise here. Um I strongly support the Second Amendment. I would not support reinstating the ban that expired in 2004. That's pretty much it. That pretty much it. All right. All right, let's go over here. See what you guys have been talking about while I've been while I've been uh, doing my thing. Um, Donna Anthony said that the project, that the link that she was, was, I wanted to share that a lady from each state went to fight for our gun rights. Um, the DC project, she just got back from the DC project, women for gun rights and what they just went through the groups, 51 state delegates representing 48 or 51 delegates representing 48 states met with legislators from both sides of the aisle advocating gun rights that are, that, that gun rights are human rights. Nice. Nice. Thank you, Donna, for uh, giving me the rundown on that. Um, uh, Putin only wants Ukraine for the mineral rights. There's trillions of gallons of natural gas deposited under the ground. Oh, he wants it for more than that. He wants it for the fact that it's the breadbasket of Europe. He wants it for the fact that it's a buffer between him and NATO. He wants it for many reasons. Many, many reasons. Uh, that is the case. Um Went to Mary's office last week in D.C. to talk about women and gun rights. She wasn't set up in her office yet. I left my card to set up a meeting while we were there. No call. We were there for four days. Uh, Timothy said Mary's response means that she is a gun grabber. Yeah, that pretty much is what it's coming out there. Um, That is the buzzword for common sense gun laws. Common sense gun laws. Um, Her ad on TV is paid for by Senate Leadership Fund. Who's at on TV? Um, who, who, who's at on TV are you talking about, Rick? Not Mary Peltola's. The Senate Leadership Fund is funding a bunch of ads that are anti-Kelly Shabaka. I mean, they got some ads that have got outright falsehoods in them. Um, I mean, Well, they're, Pel, Peltola doesn't have ads for the Senate Leadership Fund. I can't imagine that the Senate Leadership Fund is funding anything for Peltola. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but that's not the Senate leadership fund has been spending a ton of money on anti-Chewbacca ads. That's what I've been seeing. Um, the, uh, but yeah, the Senate leadership fund has been saying some stuff about Kelly that, I mean, it's like the half truth, like the government paid her $80,000 to move from Washington DC to Alaska and then she quit and didn't pay back a dime. What they fail to tell you is that there's a 2-year period that she has to work otherwise she had to reimburse the state for the for the travel costs. Well, she resigned like 3 days after the 2-year limit. Now, it's either a 2-year limit or it's a 2-year and when we feel like it limit. I mean, if she had resigned at 2 years and 2 months, would that have been better? 2 years and 6 months? Three years, two years and a day. I mean, if the law says you have to repay it after two years and it's two years and a day, what's the law say? You don't have to repay it. I mean, does it look good? That doesn't look great, but is it legal? Yeah. 
but they are beating that to death. That's like on half the ads you see, they go over that again and again and again. So anyway, yeah, the Senate Leadership Fund is just beating the piss out of Kelly Chewbacca right now. They're all in for Lisa Murkowski, which to me just shows you the kind of people that are in our Senate. That's exactly what it shows you right now. Those are the kind of people that are in uh, that are in the uh, U.S. Senate right now, the Senate Leadership Fund. Oof. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns. One for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for fighting. It's for us. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here. On the big radio broadcast, thanks for coming in and joining us and being part of it. We are uh, excited to have you in on this Friday. This is my uh, <clears throat> one day a week where a lot of times I don't I don't necessarily have a plan for the show. I just have a few news stories that we could cover. Uh, but more importantly, I love talking with you, the listener, and uh, getting and answering and talking about guns and gun laws and your rights and and everything else. This is the this is the important part of the week for me. This is something that I really, really enjoy, and I hope you are, uh, uh, and I hope you are ready to uh, to run with it as well, to jump in and and uh, be part of it. So feel free to uh, feel free to ring us up and let's uh, let's uh, let's get the party started, shall we? Here uh, on the show, uh, phone calls uh, are reign supreme this morning uh, for gun Q and A. Number to call is 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. And today's show being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West, uh, where they have, uh, if you if you need to be in contact anywhere in the world, uh, anywhere in the state of Alaska, any remote rural location, you know, the back end of wherever, Satellite West are the people to call. They have got the uh, technical skills and the technology to make sure that you can send emails, uh, surf the internet, to send text messages, make phone calls anywhere that you need to, whether it's the Australian outback or the deep, deep, deep in the Alaska range. Satellite West has got you covered. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. So go over there and check out all the things that they can do to help you stay connected. Thank them for sponsoring the program as well this morning. Number to call here for uh, Open Line, Open Gun Forum and Gun Q&A is 
3150-907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Um, and as I said earlier in the program, Firearms Friday is really not dedicated or directed um, towards the uh, pro-gun community. That's not that's not the point of the Firearms Friday. I mean, look, they're they're part of the gun community already. They don't need to be they don't need to be convinced that the right to keep and bear arms is super important. They already believe that. What we're trying to do is reach out, and we're not trying to reach out to the anti-gunners who would like to dismantle it. That's you know, I'm not trying to convince any of them uh, because that's a fool's errand for the most part. Because most of the time they don't want to be, they don't want to open up their minds to any other kind of counter argument or any other kind of facts that may come their way. What we're trying to do is we're trying to reach out to those of you out there who may be fairly ambivalent about firearms. You could take them or leave them. You don't care. You really don't. Um, uh, or maybe you're just slightly gun curious, you know, uh, or slightly anti, you know, you just don't, you don't know, you you listen to the talking heads and you're not quite sure which way to go. So that's what this show is, 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 you know, that's what we're dedicated to, to trying to talk to you. So if you've got questions, I've got answers. That's what it's all about this morning. Uh, the big story that I want to talk about in this hour, uh, is about this credit card, uh, reporting, Credit cards and gun purchases, which is really the end game for a lot of the gun control act, uh, activists. And I'm going to talk about what it is. And then I'm going to talk about the latest response from the Florida chief financial officer, Jimmy Petronas, who just recently came out uh, yesterday with a, uh, with, a, with a statement in regards to this. So we're going to talk about that here in a little bit as well. But as I said, your calls reign supreme. We've got a couple on hold right now. Let's go to the first one and see what uh, you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael, this is Bob from Fairbanks. Hey, Bob, what's on your mind? Was that uh, last caller, was that you were talking about Mary Peltola? Yes, we were talking about Mary Peltola. Uh, See, that's that's exactly what I thought. Nancy Pelosi's already got a hook sent to her. Well, I don't think I think Nancy Pelosi didn't need to put her hicks in, uh, hooks into her. I think that was Mary's position back in the day. Uh, that's been Mary's position for a long time. I don't think that that's anything new. I don't think she went down to Washington and Nancy waved a magic wand over her and all of a sudden she became anti-gun. I think that's been her stance for quite some time. Yeah, well, maybe she just got reinforced her thoughts a little bit. Well, it's it's very possible. I'm taking it that you are not a but, supporter of Mary Peltola, Bob. No, I I I despise the Democratic Party. I'm not a Republican either because I too many phonies in the Republicans too. <laughs> they're not good ones. There's good ones out there, but they're too unfortunate. They're too, right. They're not just not enough of them to 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 make a difference. Well, Grand Paul, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson. There's some good ones out there, but yeah. It's not a good, not enough to make a difference. Well, you can you can be glad, Bob, that you rank yourselves among the majority of Alaskans. The majority of Alaskans are undeclared independents. They have no allegiance to either party, yeah. and uh, you can count yourself what among the majority because that's where that's where most of us are. Most of us are not. We don't believe yeah. in the parties in total. Um, and if we could find a way to elect some people who were truly independent or truly undeclared or truly not part of the party system. Um, that would be a big win for Alaska, as far as I'm concerned. Hey, I just wanted to say, when I was in the Army back in the, uh, I was stationed in Germany, we'd go to Grafenbeer once in a while, 
to new maneuvers. And Grafenmuir was the hellhole of Europe. And uh, we got a chance to go up to the Czech border one time, and that was during the uh, when the Czechoslovakia was still part of the Soviet Union. Right, the Cold War. And, yeah, uh, yeah you walk right up to the border, there's nothing but fence and Constantino wire on the other side of it. You see uh, guard towers. And I'm sure on the other side of those guards, on the other side of that fence, they had the that part of the area of sewing mines. And the thing is, you look at that and it's like, well, those, if, you know, if you even try to get out that wire, go through that wire, you're either blown up or machine gunned. And uh, <clears throat> those people haven't, they, they don't have any rights. And then the, the people in this country just, they give away our rights just one one after they just give them away and give them away and once you give them away you don't get them back and I just people are stupid these people Americans these people in this country are so stupid they just well, don't learn <clears throat> we are uh, we are awful spoiled in a lot of ways with the freedoms that we have and a lot of times we don't know what we're missing till it's gone um, I mean you want to talk about yeah law- and you don't get them back right you want to talk about loss of gun rights. Talk to some of these gun rights organizations in England and Australia who now didn't fight the fight when the when the battles were going on over their gun rights. And now, oh, they regret it. You know, you don't know what you lost till it's gone. You talk to somebody and I've interviewed people um, over the years from both Australia and from England who were part of their gun rights movements over there, and they lament the fact that they were asleep at the switch when this stuff came through. We can't continue to give away our rights. You're 100% right, Bob. Hey, thanks for your call. Thanks for calling in this morning. Let's go over here. we got another couple of calls. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Mike from Delta Junction. Morning, Mike. What's on your mind? So... About a week and a half ago, they started running ads pretty heavy on the radio station against the uh, Constitutional Convention. Yep. And they keep uh, saying that you are going to lose all these rights. They're all going to be on the table and vote no against it. Yes. And so at the end of the uh, ad, they put their credits on a high speed, double speed or whatever it is, and I can't figure out uh, who is sponsoring this. I just want to know if it's uh, dark money doing it. Well, it's interesting because the three main supporters of uh, Defend Our Constitution, that's the name of the organization that's buying all the airtime that is doing it. The three main contributors are the 1630 Project, which is out of uh, Washington, D.C., the 1630 Fund, NEA Alaska, which is the teachers' union, and the IBEW, the union, the uh, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. It's the PAC out of Washington, D.C. So it's Washington, D.C. money uh, are two of the top three contributors to the 1630 Fund from Washington, D.C. and the IBEW PAC, and then it is the teachers' unions that are the main contributor to that. And they've contributed somewhere in the neighborhood of three – uh, last first, I heard it was three fifty, and then yesterday I heard that they're up to five hundred thousand dollars in funding from these organizations. So yeah, so those are the those, that's well, that's the money that's paying to tell you not to open the the uh, to open the Constitution. So uh, we need to we need to counteract that somehow. 
Yeah. Well, there is a, the Vote Yes is a Constitution Yes is the name of the organization. They're getting organized. Um, and, of course, they're just regular people. So it's a little, you know, it's easier when you've got machines and, you know, you got the political machines of the IBEW and the unions and stuff like that. It's easier to organize that stuff. On the other side, the Constitution Yes people are just people. And so it's a little harder to organize. They held rallies around the state on Tuesday, and they are just getting up to speed. But uh, you're right. We need to organize and need to find them. But go out and and Google the Constitution Yes group and see if you can donate over there. Uh, Because, yeah, you'll see, you know, and all you have to do, by the way, uh, is, uh, Mike, is go over to the Defend Our Constitution website and look at the people who have endorsed it. Look at the people who are endorsing it and the and the people who are coalition members. Look at those names and ask yourself if those are the people that you want um, that you want to listen to. That's that's the question. You know, when Kathy Geisel and John Coghill and Bruce Patello and Bryce Edgmond and Luke Hopkins are all members of the board and the co-chairs and everything else of the executive committee, what does that tell you? I mean, that, that to me is enough. Well, I think we need to uh, pay attention, and uh, I think we could do really well in Alaska taking care of ourselves. We don't need Washington, D.C. up here. Yeah, definitely don't need Washington, D.C. money. And they act like it's going to be, you know, something horrific and, and you know, it's going to be an act of that, no, we should never change the constant. And I think it was either New Hampshire, uh, I think it's New Hampshire, um, they have changed their constitution something like 200 times since the, you know, since the, since the really? founding of the state, they've had conventions and they have modified their constitution, you know, time after time after time. This is not as scary as they make it out to be. The reason that they're scared is because it would change the business as usual politics in Alaska. And it would take, it would take power away from the legislature to deal with these issues because the legislature does not have the political will to fix it. So yeah, Mike, find out the Good. the yeah, find uh, find out. I don't know what the address is of the convention. Yes, uh, convention. Yes, Alaska. Uh, I don't know what their website is yet. Uh, looks like they may not have a website out yet. But the uh, convention. Yes, is the name of the group. I know that uh, Jake Libby is part of it. I know that Jim Minnery is part of it. Um, but yeah, we need to, we need to support that, that group and see what we can do. So, all right, Mike, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Let's uh, go over. I got one more call before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, good morning, Michael. This is Mike calling from, uh, Chena Hills. Hello, Mike. What's up? I got a couple of things to say. Yeah, I heard, I heard a father of one of the, uh, children killed in Parkland. I think it was Parkland. He's demanding that people who are against guns and AR-15 style rifles go out on the street and fight and cause havoc. And I just find that so ironic uh, that people are going to go out now and fight each other over this. And just like the, the guy that ran over the kid in North Dakota that was a pro-MAGA and he ran over him and, and killed them because of what Biden said about Republicans being fascist. Uh, I think the government's creating this chaos. And also in Ukraine, they're creating chaos. We said we're pushing $100 billion now support 
in Ukraine. We've got our troops over there, special forces dying. They don't want to admit it. The Department of Defense told the widows not to say anything. And yet, we're telling our troops to go on food stamps. I'm disgusted with the Democrats, like your previous caller said. I can't, I can't hardly, uh, it, it's, it's ruining our country, these Democrats and their power grab. Uh, Ukraine is corrupt as can be, Zelensky. It's nothing but a money laundering scheme, and people need to wake up. We need to get out of there and start worrying about our own country, Mike. I, I'm just, I'm fed up. All right. Well, I'm with you, Mike. Uh, it is frustrating. Uh, I agree with you that a lot of this is being ginned up by the political establishment, both the 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 angst on both sides. It's being pushed by the political establishment, by a lot of the media outlets, because it helps further their, you know, their their clickbaity headlines and everything else. And like I said, I believe that most Americans yeah. are not on the fringe. I believe most Americans are, you know, kind of more in the middle and they're just getting sick and tired of this. So, yeah. I I hope that uh, yeah yeah and I, I I heard I heard Murkowski's new ad against uh, is it Shibaka running against her I'm, yep and yep. um now Murkowski without any facts uh, you hear a lot of according to this uh, news agency according to these people Shibaka is accused of fraud now taking money that she shouldn't have taken and i i'm disgusted with murkowski i hope yeah. we can push her out somewhere on a raft out in the ocean and she can go swim down to california i'm just dis- well, you know again we've got politicians up here and across the country that are destroying america for their power grab yeah all right mike that's all i wanted to say thanks mike i appreciate it we got more coming up we're going to continue one more segment of Gun Q&A and Firearms Friday. Then we're going to be talking to Willie Waffle, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Uh, thank you to uh, thank you to um, <clears throat> Brian for dropping the link in the chat room. I will make a mention of this on the other side. Convention Yes is uh, ConventionYes.com is where you'll find the convention yes people i googled it and it wasn't there so obviously their their seo is not optimized yes but yet but they're going to be uh and it's a pretty nice looking website uh but as soon as i click the link on that uh brian it that's what caused the feed to crash the second that i clicked that the whole feed went there's some websites that do that when i was on jesse flora's website yesterday too anytime i clicked on anything it was like so yeah i don't know I don't know what's going on. Um, Jeffrey uh, in the chat room says, this just shows the pitfalls of a cashless society, full control of what you can or cannot purchase. This is when we were talking about, um, you know, people paying cash for firearms. uh, And then somebody said, well, what happens when they get rid of the currency? And that's what Jeffrey's talking about. This just shows the pitfalls of a cashless society. I agree. I mean, if the government is going to regulate all the different, you know, means of exchange, then what freedom do you really have? You can't, you can't. 
you know. Um, let's see. Um, I'm going through here. Ma Debbie says, Michael, that is a line from a song. I don't know what I said that was a line from a song, but it definitely could have been very, uh, could have been very subliminal, Debbie. I don't know what song it was or what line you said was from a song, but I've been known to subconsciously pull up some good lyrics every now and then. I mean, it's like the chat room, right? It's like the chat room. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. <laughs> yeah, Google won't show Convention Yes, but if you follow the link, if you just type in conventionyes.com, the site will load. I'm looking at the site. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, the uh, site uh, right now. Uh, it uh, it's uh, it's uh, right there. Uh, you can you can see it uh, here up on the. Uh, whoa, no, let's not do that. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Sorry, I got thirteen things going on here. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the site. Uh, I'm looking at the site right now. So, it it looks like it's a pretty good uh, pretty good site. Uh, but they make the same point that I did. Who's dark money? Ballot measure two, which gave us ranked choice voting, ran on a campaign to get dark money out of politics. The fact is, dark money infested is infested in the defend our constitution campaign. The 1630 Fund is their largest donor at $500,000, and even Politico refers to the 1630 Fund as the largest liberal dark money behemoth in the nation. Other top donors are the IBEW in Washington, D.C., and the NEA in Juneau. So, yeah, there's some – and they're selling fear. That's it right there. So we ask you, don't operate on fear. Um, So, anyway – this is the this is the this is the convention yes uh, website. There we go. Let's do that. Uh, convention yes website, and you can find it at conventionyes.com. So go over there and check it out. Throw a few bucks in the kitty. Throw a few bucks in the kitty. I'm going to do that after the show because uh, I if I click on it again, I'm afraid it will crash the stream. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I'm afraid it'll crash the screen uh, the stream if that happens. Uh, anyway, go over there and uh, and check it out. Um, Politidic has a video of the meeting on Tuesday. Good, good, good. Um, 2A is a critical key to our freedom as a nation, says uh, Teresa. And she's posted a Facebook link, which I can't follow, unfortunately. I don't know what that link is. If you guys post links in the chat room that are not self-explanatory, like the convention yes one that Brian posted, would you at least please tell me what you're posting a link of? Because in my new software, it doesn't activate hyperlinks. So I can't, you know, I could see Teresa's post, but I can't click on it to like, here's the post, but I can't click on it to get the, uh, to get the URL out of it. So tell me what it is. Uh, that would be a, a better thing to do. Okay. We're coming up on it here. We got one final segment. Um, let's, let's get this done. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based free thinking radio, like a chair, like a chair, like a chair. Let's go.
Okay, howdy, howdy, howdy. You ready to rock and roll? Let's uh, get into this. Let's talk about uh, this one final segment. Phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. I had one line on hold uh, in the break, but they decided not to stick with us. So that leaves all the lines open. If you've got any kind of gun Q&A question or firearms question or freedom question. Um, I was talking to the previous caller about the Convention Yes group, and uh, I Googled it, and I couldn't find their name, but I just was, Brian in the chat room just said conventionyes.com, and sure enough, conventionyes.com is the website address for the folks who are pushing to um, vote for the Constitutional Convention. And they make a very valid point. I was just talking about the dark money. Uh, and the money that was being poured into it, and they make the same comment that I do. Um, ballot Measure 2, which gave us ranked choice voting, ran on a campaign to get dark money out of politics. This is what they're saying on the website here. The fact of the matter is dark money is infested in the Defend Our Constitution campaign. The 1630 Fund is their largest donor at $500,000. And even Politico refers to the uh, 1630 Fund as the largest liberal dark money behemoth in the nation. Other top donors are the IBEW in Washington, D.C. and the NEA in Juneau. And they're selling fear. So anyway, go out and check out this. Uh, check out the website at conventionyes.com. And if you can donate money, donate money. If you can uh, do your time or lend support in any other way, do that as well. If you don't have any extra money after your dividend, uh, and I know many of you don't. I mean, that's I know it's a it's been a tough summer and it's going to be a tougher winter with heating oil and everything else. Um, but if you can't if you can't drop twenty five bucks in the kitty, then at least offer to donate time, effort, uh, whatever. It's all time, time, treasure, and blood, right? That's the those are the three things you can donate right now: time, treasure, and blood. So uh, uh, just give a little bit of your time and treasure to the convention, yes, crowd, and uh, and drop some money in the kitty there uh, to help get that uh, going on. Okay. Um, we are coming down. Willie Waffle's going to be joining us here in a few minutes, and I really wanted to get into this uh, credit card thing, but I, I don't know if I – let me run through it real quick. So for those of you who aren't aware of what's going on, after the New Year's uh, – after the, 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 the New York Times published a report on mass shooters back uh, since about a year ago, they reported on how mass shooters use credit cards to purchase firearms. Now – in the wake of mass shootings, gun control activists have been trying to find a way to crack down on firearm sales, but they can't get it through the legislative process. The set pats and the you know the the Bruin decision in the Supreme Court. I mean, so they've been trying other ways, end runs around the constitutional rights. And one of their latest strategies is to push for the creation of a new merchant category for firearms retailers, and then to pressure credit card companies to use it to classify firearms related purchases. What's the end game? Is it to create a private registry or is it to flag suspicious purchases? Nobody knows. But a lot of these industries are playing ball. Reuters reported about three weeks ago that an international standards bodies had approved the creation of a merchant code for gun retailers. That was following pressure from those activists who said that it will help track suspicious weapons purchases. 
And at a meeting, uh, again, about three weeks ago, the Subcommittee on the International Organization for Standardization approved what is known as a merchant category code for firearm stores. The conventional wisdom is that these gun control advocates who are creating a kind of private surveillance system and registry of gun-related purchases in the United States with credit card processors could be using the new merchant code to watch for suspicious purchases and report their customers to authorities for further investigation. Now, the problem with this is, according to recent reporting uh, from um, uh, from uh, uh, some of the different uh, uh, articles, including uh, CN- CNBC and others, say that even the CEOs of one of the country's biggest banks told a congressional committee on what, this last Wednesday that it's still unclear what exactly they're supposed to report after the new codes take effect. Again, I said, if you go into a gun store and you're a new gun enthusiast or you're part of the sport or maybe you just got your dividends and you've been waiting to go out and buy some, and you go in and you buy two or three new rifles and a thousand rounds of ammunition. Is that suspicious? Like one of the shooters went in and bought two brand new AR rifles and a bunch of ammunition and then used it to kill a bunch of people. You're just doing it to go out there and exercise your right and to have fun. And because you want to do it, what's the difference between those two purchases? They would both be flagged the same. Does that mean that they flag your purchase as well and they come investigate you because you spent a couple thousand dollars or three thousand dollars on rifles and ammunition? Even the banks are unclear exactly what they're supposed to report. They have no idea. So is it really about answering these questions or is about later on being able to go back through the credit card purchases, demand the purchase records from the merchants or from the credit card companies, the transactions from the credit card companies, and then be able to sort them by merchant code and figure out all the people who bought guns and ammo. I mean, because how are they going to report? How are they going to set up something? How would they know if it's Joe Blow from Poughkeepsie who's just, you know, buying some guns and ammo and some rifles for a Boy Scout shooting team or it's uh, Joe Maniac who's decided to go up and shoot up a school? How would they know? They have no idea. But it's another end run around that constitutional mandate. All right, I got time for one more call. We, uh, I just got a call uh, coming in, and uh, I want to get to that here because I've only got a couple minutes left before we have to go to break, and then Willie's going to be joining us here on the program. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, jump on over to the – if I can get the whole damn thing to respond to me here. Let's jump on over to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Terry calling from Kodiak. I'm I, sorry, I'm a little late uh, getting in on the show, and I just was wondering if you had seen Gateway Pundit where it said that uh, 24, a coalition of 24 state adjur- attorney generals uh, have uh, sent a letter about the um, credit card uh, attack on uh, Second Amendment. <laughs> yep. That's what spurred this conversation, Terry, as we were talking about that. The question is, is it really going to do anything or is it more political posturing? I think it could be a little bit of both, but I'm I'm excited and encouraged that more states are taking a notice of this, um, including Florida's CFO, who basically said, if you do this in the state of Florida, oh, we may crack down on you. 
we may come back at you with legislation. You may not be welcome to do business in the state of Florida. So, I mean, that's a little bit more encouraging. We'll see what happens with this. We'll be following it more. Terry, thank you for your call. Folks, we're out of time. we got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. That was last minute, wasn't there? Last minute. All right, let me get back over to the chat room here so I can see what you guys are talking about. Um, Good morning, good morning, good morning. Convention, yes, to stop judges from legislating from the bench. Uh, Talk to families. Sorry, a little dry this morning. Terry says, talk to families, neighbors, and church groups about the CONCON. There are legislators that are willing to come and talk to the groups about how it works. Absolutely. Um, If uh, Alaska didn't have more permissive abortion laws, we wouldn't see the pressure to prevent the convention. That's one of the big things is many people are worried uh, on the uh, pro-abortion side. They're worried that if the CONCON goes through and it gets opened, that Alaska could outlaw abortion. So that's right there. Um, Bill says they don't have the legal right to flag Jack stuff. They can't leave. I know it's crazy. Uh, if I had to guess, I think the credit card issue is part of a larger scheme to develop models to feed AI end game, maybe a pre-crime division. It's very possible. Data mining is, I mean, that is the modern warfare. That is the warfare of the modern age is the data is the information, is modeling, is putting an AI in charge and having it look at a million separate pieces of information and come to a conclusion that in some cases is more often right than not. And so does it create a department of pre-crime? Which, for those of you who haven't, you probably should go back and watch Minority Report over the weekend uh, because that shows you the, that shows you the scariness of the department of pre-crime. I mean, that is... Uh, that is it right there for sure. Um, I don't know what Teresa, I still don't know what Teresa was linking to in that post. I can't, let me see if I can get, uh, the part of the problem was, again, it was when I was trying to look at the Facebook chat outside of my software. It was not, it was not happy about it. It was very, very, very not happy about it. Let me see if I can get into it again. And uh, uh, come on, come on. Oof. If the feed stutters, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, look, I can actually see the uh, I can actually see the the links now. Okay, let me let me refresh this again. Hopefully, it doesn't cause the whole thing to stutter. Um, and it's still thinking, still thinking. There we go. Um, so this Facebook post. Let me open it up in a new window over here. Uh, oh, it's the Gateway Pundit. Um, uh, 2A is a critical key to our freedom as a nation. It's a link to the Gateway Pundit post about the 24 state attorney generals who sent the letter to the credit card company. So uh, there you go. Um, that is uh, – there, there you go. Uh, it's a good deal. Uh, and, of course, I see a ton of comments in this Facebook post about this article basically saying there's a simple solution to this problem. Use cash for all gun and ammo purchases. 
That will hurt the banks much more than what they intended to do to gun buyers. I mean, hey, go get a cash advance on your uh, go get a cash advance on your credit card. If you don't want to use the credit card itself, go get a cash advance on your credit card and then go use the cash to buy what you need. There you go. There you go. That's how it works. Um, all right, I'm gonna close that window because I'm sure it was probably dragging me down. Um all right. So um we're down to the last couple minutes here before we jump into the whole uh before we jump into the whole movie thing, which I'm kind of excited about. I'm actually leaving a little early today. I'm not I'm doing some work and I'm doing a whole day's worth of work in like four hours. So what do you think? I'm gonna leave a little early. Uh what are you guys doing this weekend? What's on what's on your agenda? Are you going anybody going shooting? I'm not. I haven't been shooting it forever. Why? I can't afford to replace the ammo. I should go I should go buy a thousand rounds of something and just blow it off just because I haven't shot in so long. That would be a good thing to do. But I mean, you know, a thousand rounds is a thousand that's got a thousand bucks. It's just insane. It's insane, man. It's insane. Uh all right. <clears throat> Uh, you guys are quiet now, and either my stuff's locked up or you're just being quiet because you're not paying attention. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I didn't really want to talk to you anyway this morning. That's fine. My feelings aren't hurt at all. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it. You got your PFD splurge. Man, I have to splurge on brand new on a brand new tire and rim for my car that the state of Alaska should be paying for because of the chuck hole that was on the road. My God, it came out of nowhere, swallowed my tire. Oh, so irritating. Anyway, uh, that's only a thousand dollars right there. There's all that ammo. One rim, one tire, thousand dollars. Have a nice day. Um, all right. I will see you guys here in just a second. We're going to jump into it. My phone is buzzing. It's uh, Willie. It's Willie. He's ready. Let's get into it. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Let's, uh, let's do this thing. Here we go. Well, howdy. Be ready. Let's do it. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know that thing? The other thing. No, that, that the one thing. Every Friday, we do it. Don't be coy. We're talking about the weekly entertainment report. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com, who is definitely not coy. I guess that's not something I would ever use to describe Willie. Hello, my friend. Yeah, I've never been one who's been known to hide his emotions, to yeah. keep his opinion to himself. Yeah. To keep his big fat mouth shut. You know, those things that people say about others. Right. I, I, not, I, not, not me. I hear you cry at Kodak commercials. I mean, seriously, you know. Well, I mean, you know, the puppy and the and the, and the horse like <laughs> become friends. It is great. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, this demographic is the only audience that would understand that joke because nobody else knows what Kodak is. I mean, seriously. That's right. They have no frame of reference. The kids are like, what? Is that a new Snapchat? Um, all right. Uh, let's uh, let let's jump into it with the uh, the weekend 
movie reviews. You want to talk about the Golden Globes, but I don't want to talk about the Golden Globes. So we're going to talk about okay. the reboot season. Let's talk about reboot season, man. What is going on here? We got some, oh. we got some new ones that are coming out. I know. Uh, look, just hit me with it here. What are we talking about? All right. So I've got news about three different reboots. Okay, here's the first one. The best one I've heard about in, in, in several years. Okay, this is the one I'm excited about. This is the one that I want to see. Paul Reiser, Bronson Pinchot, Judge Reinhold, Eddie Murphy, and, and the other guy all are returning for Beverly Hills Cop 4 on Netflix. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait. I think, I think it'd be cool. Now it's going to be called Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley because you know yeah, you know Netflix right. is too cool for sequels. Yeah, right. But, uh, and here's the deal: it's currently in production. Oh man, that's so, that's amazing! I can't. I mean, I know that was one of my favorite movies of the '80s was Beverly Hills Cop. That movie, and of course, it had some of the coolest music uh, in it, and everything. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay, and it's not a it's not a reboot in the terms of they're retelling the story. This is like they're rebooting the thing. This is down the road, right? Yeah, this is down the road. This is well, how long is it now? 30, 30 yeah, a yeah. little bit more than thirty Man. years, almost forty years. Man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, I could only assume it's 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 Eddie Murphy retiring, but you know, who knows? Man, I can't wait. I'm I'm excited to see. I haven't seen a good Eddie Murphy movie in. Quite some time. He's been pretty quiet with the exception of coming back to America or returning to America or whatever it was. Um, okay, good. And so what are they what what is that supposed to come out? Now, you know, there, there's no date put on it yet, but I would say if it's in production right now, we're gonna be seeing it about a year from now. Okay. So mid late twenty twenty three. Okay. Yeah, I think All that's right. a good way to look at uh, it. they're also rebooting another big classic, which is I, I don't know if it has to anything to do with the fact that it's uh Netflix series is so popular or anything, but uh Karate Kid. Yeah, this is the one I'm not excited about. Okay, so like yeah, we already had one karate kid reboot right. with Will Smith's kid. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. And and yeah, and now Sony wants to bring back the karate kid again to the big screen in 2024, but as the creators of the Amazing Cobra Kai TV show have mentioned, this is nothing to do with their TV show. <laughs> they don't have anything to do with this movie. They don't have anything to do with the story. They don't have anything to do with the script. It's not even going to be on Netflix. They're trying to put it in theaters. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, boy, they are distancing themselves as fast as they can. Probably because somebody saw it as an opportunity to make some quick cash. I mean, that really, you know, yeah. let's face it. That's They had the rights, and they're like, oh, this is popular. We'll just do it again. And, and this goes back to our whole discussion in the past, Willie, about reboots. Is there no new ideas? I mean, there are new, some new ideas, but why do we constantly go back and this is the second or third retelling of the same movie with different actors, and this time it will be great, you know, kind of thing. It was the whole Ghostbusters thing all over again. And and I just like, okay, you know, which, I mean, it was a good movie. It just wasn't Ghostbusters. You know, it wasn't the, it didn't capture that same spark. And it's hard. It's hard to catch that genie once it's out of the bottle. You just can't go out and do it. No, I agree. And I, I actually am more of a fan of what we're seeing with like the Beverly Hills Cop movie or Cobra Kai. You know, we pick up with these characters years later. Yeah. Where are they? What are the interesting stories that we can tell about them? That interests me more than restarting yeah. a property that we already know the characters. We already know how it's going to end. We already know the story. Yep. Uh, you know, that that doesn't interest me. Like, I, I think Disney is is burning through its goodwill, I think, in a lot of ways by remaking all their animated classics as live action versions, because 
they're just the live action version of something I can see on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the only reboot that I've been a fan of in the last decade was the Star Trek reboot, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek uh, reboot. That yeah. was... but but they did something different with the characters. Right, they right. did something cool with the characters. Right. I mean, that's the key. Don't just give me the same movie again. Do something different. Put a twist on it. Yeah, at first, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't all that happy with, with how they changed things. and They were messing with the timeline. But, you know, I gave that up about halfway through the movie when I was like, this is cool. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. They were messing with the timeline. I mean, that was the whole thing. It was all about time and changing time and everything. Anyway, uh, all right, you got one more reboot before we get to the rest. Yes, Criminal Minds is returning to Paramount+. Plus. Now, we talked about this a little bit. This is going to be a new series called Criminal Minds Evolution. And they're bringing back just about everybody, okay? 10-episode revival. It's going to start right around Thanksgiving. They're going to take a break for Christmas, and then they're going to finish in January and February. And here's the story. And the story is what hooked me. The team has to find a serial killer who, during the COVID pandemic, trained other serial killers. They had and a, now they were locked they're in. unleashing yep and now they're unleashing their plan now that the world is reopening. They were locked into we got nothing else to do. Would you teach me how to kill people? Uh, okay. All right. Criminal minds. Okay. Um and this is again a continuation. It's not a retelling of the same story. Right. Right. And and they're bringing all the characters back because obviously this is such a massive problem that they need all the skills of all the people who have ever worked for criminal minds. I I can dig that. Okay. You know, hey, yeah. you want to put together the A team if you're facing the greatest uh, the greatest uh, danger you've ever seen. Okay, got it. Um Roseanne Barr's doing stand up on Fox Nation of all the streaming services. <laughs> yeah. That's ironic. Oh yeah. Uh, but, yep. but I don't really care about that. I mean, it's a first return since 2018. I again, Roseanne Barr. <laughs> who cares? Um <laughs> all right. Uh, but House of the Dragon. I'm all about this. Uh House of the Dragon. Yeah. The ratings have hit. Give me the give me the rundown quickly here. They said that season one is averaging 29 million viewers, and the audience has been going up. So now you got to remember that 29 million viewers, that's like a combination, okay? That's like a combination of people watching on HBO, people who are watching repeats, people who are watching on HBO Max. My guess is there's probably a lot of repeat viewing in there, right. but still, 29 million is nothing to sneeze at. Folks, we haven't seen numbers like that for prime time in what fifteen years. I was going to say, got to be fifteen to twenty years since we've seen yeah. this kind of number. So that's a big deal, and that means that they are winning big with their continuation of the Game of Thrones franchise. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'd be interested to see what their Game of Thrones numbers are, not just the House of the Dragon, but right because like I'm still watching Game of Thrones right now. How many people rewatched Game of Thrones before watching House of the Dragon? That would or be an interesting number. Yeah, or they're seeing something during game, during House of the Dragon. They go, "Hey, wasn't something like that on Game of Thrones?" Yeah. And they look it up and yeah. they watch it on an HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Th this is a real thing. This this is the beauty of the 21st century I love and it. having access to anything, anytime, anywhere, except for when they only release one episode a week for like five weeks. Okay. I'm down with it. I, I love it. I, I can't wait. I'm hoping I'll be done with this. I'm down to the last season and a half of Game of Thrones. So I'm hoping by next week, I'll have seen the first episode of the House of the Dragon and we can talk about it more. Uh, meanwhile, let's get out to the releases or in some cases, the re-releases. <laughs> Because, you know, yep. once wasn't enough. What do we got? <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I'll just throw it out there. I mean, Avatar is being re-released into theaters this week. They want to they want to get people to remember what Avatar was before Avatar Two comes out at Christmas time, right? And uh, you know, I you know, you and I have talked about this before. I think Avatar was a was an amazing visual spectacle, but it ain't a great movie, right? No, and, no, and, no yeah, no story, just yep. great visuals. Yeah, and that's why it has not lived in the hearts and minds of people for all these years, okay? Right. You know, but but this is a great way to try to bring it back, right? Put it into theaters where you can get the 3D. Now, here's the other thing I'd be worried about. I remember very vividly when Avatar came out the first time around, there was a lot of pressure from the studio. There's a lot of pressure from James Cameron to make sure that that 3D was immaculate. And they were putting new light bulbs in the camera so it looked good. They were making sure everybody had the right glasses. I don't think the 3D experience is going to be as great this time around. Yeah, probably not. I, I you know, yeah. I'll be honest, I have never been I've never been compelled or impelled or feel like I needed to watch Avatar. I've never seen it and don't feel like I'm missing much of my life by not seeing it. Uh no, so I no. don't I don't think this is going to change anything for me. No, and I'm a strong believer that the Avatar sequels are going to bomb. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens. Um, all right, we're down to the last, uh, we got about four minutes here. Uh, so we got a choice of three different things. I obviously want to talk about the Star Wars. Uh, I'll, I'll let you choose how fast you want to go through these other two. Well, okay, I'll get Don't Worry Darling out of here. This is the one in theaters. This is the most gossiped about movie that finally is hitting theaters. Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, right? They're living in this idyllic 1950s world, and uh, maybe there's something off about it all. And, and, and you watch this movie because Florence Pugh is great. Now, you know, she is the it girl right now, right? She's from Black Widow, Little Women, Midsummer. I mean, she is the, the the lady of the moment. And this is really a chance for her to flex those acting muscles, really show you something special. The rest of the movie, not so great. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, you can kind of figure out what's going to happen if you've ever seen movies like it before. I'm going to go two waffles. Okay, two waffles. Not great, not bad, just kind of there. All right, but but watch it for Florence Pugh. All right, how about yes. this new, speaking of reboots, how about this new Hulu TV series called Reboot about a show being reboot? This is because it's memeing itself at this point. Go ahead. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's more meta than meta has ever been. And yes, so it's from uh, the creator of Modern Family. You've got Rachel Bloom as a TV writer who decides to reboot a very famously bad situation comedy. And it starred Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville, Paul, Paul Reiser was the original creator. And she gets Hulu to show it. Ha ha ha. It's on Hulu. And of course, they all have their own intentions of what they want it to be this time around. You know, Keegan Michael Key, he's a serious Yale uh, Yale uh, acting school graduate. He wants to show his chops. You know, Johnny Knoxville is a crazy comedian who just needs the money. You know, uh, you got uh, Paul Reiser, the guy who created the original series, who now says, You can't do it without me. And there's the tension as he wants to do an old style sitcom. Rachel Bloom wants to do something new and exciting. I think it's a three waffler. I think it's hilarious. It's R-rated. Be careful of that. But this is a winner. This it's is funny. a winner. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. As long as they're making fun of themselves and they know it and everything's good, I'm all about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. What we really wanted to talk about all weekend, Star Wars Andor, the new prequel. This is a prequel to Rogue One, which was a standalone episode or standalone show, standalone movie. Uh, but they actually dip back into the universe now, making a prequel. Uh, I've seen some. I've seen some of the trailers. It looks pretty good. 
it is pretty good. I mean, you know, Rogue One is like the adult Star Wars movie, you know, I mean, but it's a little bit darker. It's got characters that aren't all, you know, squeaky clean. Uh, you know, you see that here. Diego Luna is back, you know, as Cassian Andor. And, and this is us seeing his development into becoming the guy we see in Rogue One, this, this, this super spy who's willing to do everything for uh, to to fight the empire, and we are starting to see why, and we're starting to see where his life was from. You know, as he's become this thief, he's trying to escape some bad guys after he was wronged. You know, and and they bent the truth to make him look guilty. Basically, the the forerunner to the empire is after him. Okay, and there's a lot of exposition here. You know, they really want to go deep into his family right. and his lady and his troubles. So the first two episodes are a lot of exposition. The third episode is where it really picks up. And you can see that now this thing's going to take off because he realizes what he's going to do because he's being recruited. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I loved about Rogue One is that it was gritty. It was dirty. It was a little darker. It showed like the real underbelly of what it would look like for an oppressive regime to uh, to come down on you. And I really dug that about the Star Wars universe. Uh, I thought it's one of the best of the series, quite honestly. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing this negative one to four waffles on what you've seen so far. I'm on three waffles right now. I think this has the I think this has the the same uh, potential as, as Mandalorian. Okay, I All really right. do. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Willie, thank you, my friends. Good to talk with you. We will talk with you again next week. Oh man, next week's that that Marilyn Monroe movie Blonde on Netflix. <laughs> oh, crazy. Oh my. Oh man. All right. Thank you very much, folks. We're out of time. We will see you on Monday. Sharon Jackson's going to be joining us. Make sure you stay in tune for that. We will see you then. Have a great weekend. You know, again, every time I think about this, I've seen Rogue One probably three times now. Um, yeah. But every time I watch it, I just I pick up something new. And again, I, like you said, I, I really agree. I think it is the adult version of what the Star Wars universe looks like. I mean, when they, and I'm hopefully everybody's seen it, so I'm not spoiling anything, but when they, when they launched the partially finished Death Star at the, at the planet that they were operating on, I don't remember the name of the planet, and you see the actual devastation and destruction of destroying the city and this whole thing, I mean, it is, I mean, it's awe-inspiring. And then you see exactly how they treat people. It's not the move along, move along, you know, kind of thing. It's gritty, and it's, I mean, it's its amazing. I really, really enjoy it as part of the Star Wars canon. Yeah, and I think you get a sense of that right here in, in this series, too, because, you know, you are looking at the most dystopian of dystopian worlds here. You know, we, we get a sense, or we're, we're going to start learning about how this world was, you know, basically destroyed and, 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 and uh, you know, and uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Exploited. Uh, you know, it went from this wonderful nature uh, preserve to, you know, now being a manufacturing hub, and, and the people are beaten down and downtrodden. You know, we see the, the evilness of this uh, this group that's coming after our hero, uh, Cassian Andor, and, you know, why they're coming after him. And we know the truth about what really happened. And uh, you, you really do get a sense of, you know, like you said, that underbelly, 
the the nastiness, the the opportunism that is happening here. Right. Well, because Star Wars is very much kind of like those 1940s where, oh, you know they're bad, but they kind of gloss over the nasty parts of them being bad. You just know that they're the bad guys. You don't really know the down and dirty of, oh, this is why they're the bad guys, you know, kind of thing. And uh, and I really appreciated that. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, of course, they're only dropping them, what, one a week, one a week, two weeks? Yeah, so you've got, you've got three that are out there this week and then one a week for the next six weeks to make nine episodes. But uh, keep in mind, they think they're going to do this for five seasons. Just That's stop. a long time. Stop. That's a long stop. time. <laughs> All right. Well, good enough. We'll we'll enjoy it. We'll see it. I can't wait. Thank you, my friend. As always, it's good to talk with you. We will see you next week. All right. See you then. Folks, I'm out of here. Got a whole day's worth of work to get done in four hours because <laughs> I'm going to leave early today. Uh, anyway, bye. I'll see you later. Have a great weekend. Uh, don't forget to like and share. We'll see you. Have a great day. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show